Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Welcome back. Oh my God. It's happening again. Season 11 has premiered. It is out into the world. What do we think? Uh, I am coming to you on Tuesday night, January 30th, and we are going to, we're a hey, buckle in folks. We, we're back. None of us have healed or grown or any of that good stuff. And we're going to talk all about this episode and because numbnuts did now we have to talk about the Viali Fialis, the Vial the 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 bile files, because Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz went on that podcast and completely obliterated any goodwill that this man had built up in in the small amount of time. Oh my god. But we have to talk about that if we're gonna talk about this season. Um I I'm 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 sure I listened to a whole episode of the, the Viali Fialis. And uh, we're going to talk all about that. So buckle in. This will probably be two parts. We'll do the recap. We'll talk about the bio files. Talk about watch what happens live tonight. Talk about where everybody is. But how? How? Where, where's everybody out there? How are you guys doing? I, I can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. And with anything, you got to temper your expectations, especially in the beginning. So this is kind of like that first day back at school. Everybody's like, hey, nice haircut. Oh, look how you've changed. Or look how you have not changed. And we are put right back in that in episode one called Notes on a Scandal. <laughs> Notes on a Scandal. Oh, you guys, it's just so dark. It's so dark. Ken, what do you have to say about this? I can't believe what? that Tom Zanderville had Raquel. Oh, Raquel. When Ariana's away. I know. In the uh, jacuzzi I as know. well. What? And she stayed all night. Yeah? I know. Are you lying? I believe that. Are you spreading rumors? My- Poor Ken only got one little moment in tonight's episode. And I swear to God, his moment, they like slowed it down because he was like walking at Tom Tom. It was like, 
I can't believe I'm still walking around Tom Tom with a dog in the crook of my arm. I can't believe that. And Lisa, how dare you, Lisa? Like, that man is a star, and you keep him from us? Are you that threatened by Ken Todd that you can't let him have a couple of lines in the first episode? We are craving a little Ken Todd. Like, I just want him to pop up everywhere. He can do his line. He can do it. I can't believe Ariana said so. So after what happened with Thompson on the sexes, I can't believe that. I mean, come on. No, you've got to understand. It's not about Ken. It's about me and Tom Tom and this beautiful structure by Nicolaine. Oh, Nick. Lane. <laughs> Guys, I'm just warming up, man. I'm trying to see if I can, if I still have the passion for talking about this. And I think I do. I think I do. I've watched this episode like four or five times, and it just gets better every time. Guys, it just gets better. I really wish that vile file. Like, okay, so so Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval did the vile files. Now everybody should know. And they say in the podcast, this that 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 podcast was recorded even before the Emmys. Tom had just gotten back from uh, Asia, where he'd taken that picture with the tiger or the the, the leopard that got everybody upset. Um, and so this was recorded a couple of weeks ago. And my curiosity, just as somebody that actually does podcasting too, is that did 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 Tom leave that day and been like, "Yo, dude, I was thinking about it," and um. I was thinking that didn't go well. And maybe like, could you like, could you like a redo or something like that? And it's kind of brilliant. I mean, it's like, it's brilliant to release on the day of the premiere, but man, I just, I, I almost, I mean, I almost felt bad for Tom. I, I, I finally got there. I find, and, and Nick uh, says in the podcast many times, he's like, Hey man, I want the best for you. I want, I want, I just don't want, I, I want you to have a good life. And I have to say just right up top, I do want Tom Sandoval to get back on track. Um, I do really hope the best for him. Uh, but it, it was kind of sad because it was almost like this glimpse in the future. They've already finished filming the season. If that's where he's at right now, he has not gotten there yet. And of course, I mean, the other conventional wisdom would say, yeah, why would he have gotten there yet? It is still so, so I mean, remember this, this all broke last February, right? And then I was looking into some of the the dates for, for this because I was like, okay, when did the reunions air? And the reunions started airing on May 24th, and then they finished on June 7th. So I'm not a mathematician. We got June, uh, July, August, what comes out of September. So that's four months, five months, six, seven. So we're like seven and a half months since the last reunion aired. And they filmed the reunion in in the end of March, I believe. So it is wild. And like I've I've kind of talked about in the other podcasts that I've done when we've lightly talked about Vanderpump is that, you know, the cast obviously has moved so much further away from these events than the audience have. Like we're catching up to why they are like, you know, where their relationships are now, we're going to be able to see like, we know Sheena is okay with Tom. We know Lala is sort of okay with Tom at this point, but we don't know how they got there. And that's going to be kind of what's interesting for us potentially is we're going to be able to piece that together like a puzzle and go, okay, I see how this connects with this. But then it's almost like that, that podcast today just kind of hits you in the nuts going like, oh man, Sandoval, if anything, came off angrier than I've ever heard him. And it bummed it. I, I really, there's no joke here. 
it, it really did bum me out because I was like, my God, it seems like he's getting more ensconced in blaming Ariana in certain ways. And he kept talking about Ariana in certain ways. I'm like, oh, dude, she got to stop being so petty, dude. And I don't know. Other than the house, I feel like she's moved on. I don't hear her talking about Tom a lot. You know, I mean, it gets brought up a lot, obviously. But I mean, she just premiered on Broadway on Monday in Chicago. She uh, And I just felt like Tom, whoever's advising you, I don't know if it's Schwartz. I don't know. Like, I, I think even Nick tried to give him a lifeline a, a, a bunch of times during that interview. And he just wouldn't take it. He just wouldn't take it. And I feel like that's such a masculine male. Uh, I was about to say quality, but it's not a quality. It's like what we do is a disservice to our, like it's, it's, it's stubbornness and bullheaded where it just gets in your way entirely. Like I almost thought, or I almost, there was a part of me that was hoping, by the way, how do you show up late to a podcast? He shows up 40 minutes late. I mean, dude, then they call him. He's like, Oh dude, what's up? Okay. Yeah. I'm coming over, dude. And, you know, he gives us his reasons, which, you know, seem credible, you know, uh, mourning the loss of one of his best friends uh, that passed away, uh, you know, I think six months ago or something. And I, I completely get that and understand that. But then he also had said, I think he was with somebody the night before. Like, it sounded like he was with a woman potentially as well. Um, all of that. But then just don't do the podcast. Don't go in. And I thought, man, I mean, it would have made him look like a momentary jerk for not coming in. But I think overall, it potentially just, ah. And it's not like I I want him to win, but I do want him to be happy somewhere down the line. But I think with the happiness, it has to come with some kind of essential understanding that what he did was beyond defense. And almost like chalking it up to, I don't know, man, being a human is wild. Being a dude is fucked up. We do not think right. Sometimes I was complete, like there was none of that. And then you just got this anger still. And it just reignited some of my anger. And I think some of the audience's anger, because you do think about, you know, 11 seasons of this show now. And you're right. Everybody's cheated on everybody. And we've also are always gone over the difference with everybody is that we thought Sandoval and Ariana, they were different. We thought they were this not magical couple, but they thought, you know, oh man, that is a unit. We saw Schwartz. He would get, you know, loaded in Cabo and, you know, go make out with some random chick and blame it on the booze. DJ James Kennedy cheated on. It seems like everybody he has been with besides Allie Jax. We've had, uh, you know, seasons of Jax cheating all of these things. But Tom was a little different. But then even when you start to come down, uh, come back down to earth in regards to season 10, you're like, okay, okay, well, let's let's see where we go. But then to hear that he still is in that same exact, like where I felt he was angrier now. And it was also something that led me to believe or think that, you know, sometimes the the companions we have in this life, they are, or they can be sometimes our grounding force. And I don't mean just men. And I mean, like, you know, uh, men can be that to women. Women can be that to men. But it almost seemed like, oh, man, like, Ariana potentially really was that grounding force for Tom or that guy that kept him at least somewhat on the ground. And if he doesn't have that, it just seems like he might just be this mess of emotions. And I was shocked in the interview for him to say that he was in therapy now. And I was like, oh, my God, because I mean, it's a rock and a hard place. Sure. But because you have to talk about Raquel, like I mean, Rachel, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Raquel in this mess as well. 
because and also just the the blowing up of everybody having a podcast. So you you would have to edit everybody like you could do a, like a season 11 of Vanderpump Rules where you just edit in Rachel's podcast audio. You could add in, uh, I guess, Tom's podcast, Nick's podcast. You could throw in my podcast for some stupid joke. You could edit like a master season 11 where everybody's involved and you get a full 360 story of everything from all sides. Oh, my God. I can't do it. If anybody wants to volunteer to do that, I think it's a great idea. But um, you have to think then. Rachel, like I said, you know, she had, I don't know if we want to call it the luxury, but she was brave enough to go and put herself into like intensive therapy for months. And somebody said, oh, well, Tom, you know, Tom has to provide. And I'm like, well, sometimes you have to make tough decisions and sometimes you have to let go of your house and sometimes you have to let go of certain things so you can give yourself the best possible chance of survival long term and not trying to live like a baller in the short term. And it also goes to show you that sometimes we prioritize creature comforts. I do this as well. I think probably a lot of you guys have done that at times where we're like, well, this makes me feel good. This is my, you know, and as we get older, we need more and more of that because it's just really hard to live through this life sometimes. But, you know, Rachel went and did this. Tom is, I mean, how can you be in therapy, but then also constantly put yourself out there for people to criticize? Cause that's part of reality. You are allegedly showing your quote unquote life and then us, the audience, because it depends on us, the audience and reality shows are that kind of fine, unique diamond that depends on us talking about it. That depends on the fever that is created by us commenting on what they do. And I just don't know how you go in there. And at this point, like at this point, I was even like, yeah, man, it's cool that you're being honest with your real feelings, but could you dial it back at least just a little bit to give yourself a fighting chance out there, out there in the Reddit threads, the comments, all of this stuff? Because it just, it, it was at a point, you guys, that I listened to that I was like, wait a sec, is this a bit? Like, did they do this to drive clicks and downloads? Because I was like, there was no, at first, I just didn't believe it. I was like, this is way too contentious for this to be true, for this to actually be the way he is going in there behaving, acting, talking. And then Schwartz was like, oh man, Tom, no, he's a good guy. Like Schwartz was trying to be the Sandoval whisperer, but the, the, the guy can't even speak English himself. Poor, you know, I was like, poor guy. So we, it's weird though. It's like one of the first times that I see the charm of those two guys almost like wearing off to like a, a like a thin nub. You're just like, oh man, like the, your greatest hits aren't even really playing like they used to. And Schwartz, you know, Schwartz gets by on charisma so much. He's so funny, so charismatic, a nice guy. And that's what I also want to point out. Like, I, you know, these guys, if you met him at like a bar, I was about to say a dark alley. If you met him at a bar, you probably have the time of your life with them. They are, they are so nice, so willing, so friendly. But at the same time, it's one of those things of like, okay, but do they make the right decisions at the right time? And then even if they don't make those right decisions, do they realize the poor decisions they made and take accountability and responsibility for those poor decisions? And that's the thing that I just kept, I just kept, I was shocked because I was like, man, if anything, when the world kicks you in the nuts because of something you did and you are past six months of this thing happening and you still are at this place, I got really scared. It, it, it became not funny. Like I was almost tuning into that thing and, oh, this will be like a really funny 
kind of like it'll be we'll be able to make fun of it but it, i just felt like a darkness the whole i was like oh god how did this like my god how did they think this was okay to release i mean i know from nick's side of course you want this release but i just thought how he didn't stop and think. i mean it first off this, this podcast made howie mandel's podcast with tom i mean it, it 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 you know it made it look like it was up for a pulitzer i mean it was just so different but it was the same kind of Stubborn indignate indignation that we are now used to seeing with Tom, and it didn't used to be that way. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. We see so many flashbacks in last night's episode of Tom and Ariana in the past. And I remember each of those moments being like, oh, oh, like I remember going, oh, so cute. Oh, they love each other so much. And then to see it now. And it's just so different. And, you know, there is that also that thing is like it, it still is too soon for Tom to have really maybe taken in what he's done, especially when he's put himself out there in the public eye. He's not taking any sort of break going from his tour 
to uh, the Fox show Special Forces, to filming Vanderpump Rules, to back on tour, to going to BravoCon. I mean, this guy has not rested to actually be able to even hear his own thoughts. But when I hear this guy bitching about a cake with Sandoval as a liar being a breaking point, I'm like, dude, man the fuck up. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know that they were probably requested to put that on a cake? Do you know that that was actually something that we all kind of like commiserated and joked about? And like, like if for the audience, we were like so invested, but for you to personalize a cake when you should be personalizing your own behavior, that was like so weird to me. And it was a bummer. Cause I'm like, dude, the cake thing, that's your, that's the hill you're going to die on is they put Sandoval as a liar on a fucking strawberry shortcake. Come on, man. Like, I was really thinking like, oh, you know what? Oh, I was just so down. It was just like such a bad day. And I got this and I freaked out. And then now in retrospect, I realize how that silly is that that I'm out of a cake uh, or a cake business. Like, uh, I'm not mad at that. I'm just mad that I did something stupid, started this whole thing. But instead we got, dude, she, she fucking tucked down to me so much, dude. You don't even know, dude. I was a shell of a man, dude. Okay, and for all those people out there, I know there's a lot of Tom apologists, and that's great. I, I know he has tons of fans still. That's good, right? He does need that that support. And I also want to say, as we go into this season, um, let's be gentle with each other. Uh, in a sense, these are, you know, I'm going to do voices that I find silly. If that's not your thing, I totally get it. Don't listen. I, I And I mean that with peace and love and kindness. Um, and also these are just my thoughts, my opinions, how I see this show. I think I'm right a lot of the times, but even if I'm not, this is just my stuff. It's just a podcast. Um, and there's so many good ones out there right now. Oh my God. I mean, think about how many podcasts have sprung up in the wake of Sandoval. I mean, we got Jack's back and we got a slew of podcasts that have been born out of Scandoval. So, I mean... That's what you should be mad at Sandoval about. And by the way, Sandoval should be just mad at podcasts, not cakes. My God. Um, okay. So that's like our opening shot. That's the opening statement. If you like this show, uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones. You know, if there's a, a family hearth or a family dining room table, you go, hey, you know, after family prayer, hey, I'd like to suggest a podcast for everybody. Or maybe we could actually listen together as a family and it can kind of uh, bring us back together. <laughs> <laughs> because we hate each other uh consider consider keeping to listen keep listening to this one give it five stars on apple Podcasts and spotify we're doing a q a episode over on patreon patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good towards the end of the week so if you have any questions about this recap or vanderpump rules in general or anything head on over there for a couple bucks a month you get access to like god 400 podcasts and a bunch of goofy stuff that we do on a, uh, a it seems like a weekly basis so okay i think that's all the commercials okay Okay, checking back in with you guys. You guys are good? Man, I was thinking, it, it doesn't it feel like, though, season 10, especially once that Scandaball hit, it, we were just in it. I mean, I, I speak for myself, but we all were in it. We were kind of in it together. It was like in the trenches. We were finding out new shit left and right. You know, I'm, so many bad memes I made, so many like goofy little thoughts, so many. I mean, it was just week after week. And that's why I always say temper your expectations with this, because the producers of this have a really tough job, because how do you compete with something that they hadn't planned on? And yes, all you, you know, uh, Vianon, that's Vanderpump Rules QAnon, 
you Vietnam people out there, this actually really was a real thing that happened. It was not plotted or scripted or any of that stuff. So how do you how do you then piece this together even from a production standpoint? And how do you tell everybody's story, including Tom Sandoval, and try to be fair, but also try to pick out those moments that they think are going to work, that they think are going to be classic Vanderpump? And this thing is so popular. It was a ratings juggernaut. And now we have spinoffs like The Valley with Jack Taylor coming in March. We have all of these things. How do you how do you make sure this isn't a giant flop? Well, you go to characters. You go to what's actually happening. You try to tell the truth of that situation. And the 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 biggest thing I found fascinating about this episode is that they still thought Rachel Rachella, they still thought Rachel was coming back. They thought at this moment, the cast didn't know that she wasn't coming back production. And if you listen to Rachel goes rogue, she does talk about it. it was still on. It was still a plan to potentially come back. She had not written this show off yet. So there was a lot of forward momentum potentially of this. And that's why you see Lala make a very, I don't know if it was like a brave decision, but I, or I mean, I thought it was very storyline forward for Lala in particular to be like, well, you know what? All that shit I talked about, Rachel, I might be willing to have a conversation with her. It's almost like job security that she was willing to do that in the back of the Tom, Tom alleyway, which by the way, let's say, Hey, Tom, Tom alleyway. Fuck you. You will never be the sir alleyway that, that Tom, Tom alleyway. It seemed like, it seemed like, you, you know, remember in the 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton, it's like a nuclear power plant and Jack Nicholson falls into a vat of chemicals. It looked like a nuclear power plant. It looked like a really, uh, really cold, not the warm, inviting uh, nature that we see over the Sir Alleyway with the dumpsters. It just looked cold and mechanical. And I was just like, oh, my God, are they like just making cement here? It was very, I do not like the Tom Tom Alleyway. You got a lot of work to do, Tom Tom Alleyway. Because I was not liking that scene where Lala comes out and and leaves a voice note for Rachel. No, 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 not not on my watch. You send Lala down to the Sir Alleyway if you're going to be outside, because it is just literally around the corner. I don't think that is a tough walk for the camera guys or Lala. Go, hey, you're you're gonna leave a voice note for Rachel. Let's walk. Let's walk two blocks, okay? Oh, and also uh, before we start the recap. I am on Kate Casey's Reality Life with Kate Casey talking a little bit about the premiere. I think it's probably like a 20-minute segment. So go check out Kate Casey's excellent podcast. I'm also, Amy Phillips has a podcast, Drama Darling, and I'm on a Patreon-only episode. And I got to tell you, I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes, and it was such a fun interview that ended up going in a bunch of crazy directions. Amy Phillips is so, so damn talented uh, it was just such a such a joy to talk to her, and I will be on Up and Adam Live at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on his YouTube channel. Um, I guess you know when you're listening to this, I'll, I'll be over there on YouTube if you want to join in on the conversation over there. And I wanted to say um, just at the top, uh, you know, so weird uh, covering this show because a lot of me covering this show last season really. Um, really involved my mom in a lot of ways. I know, don't roll your eyes. Oh, he's talking about his mom again. But I did want to say that is that uh, through the entirety of season 10, we were uh, dealing with my mom uh, being really sick. And there were so many times that I was in Arizona where I would watch these episodes and the Watch What Happens Live uh, episode uh, where Schwartz talks about it in this episode where it was just a flaming pile of shit where he was like, oh, if anybody sees Tom, why don't you go up and give him a little hug? Which we should. 
we shouldn't be suggesting physical contact with Tom right now. Um, but I, I, I remember my mom, uh, you know, making her watch that watch what happens. I watched it one time. I was like, mom, you got to see this. You got to see this. And she was like, oh, he's crazy. But my mom always had a soft spot for uh, Tom Schwartz. Uh, he took a, a picture with my mom like six years ago. At Tom, he was hammered, but so nice. Took a picture and my mom had a little crush on Tom Schwartz, which I think a lot of people out there do. And that's the thing. We can feel bad for these people, but everybody, I think genuinely, you know, you still, I don't know. I, I, I hope that they, everybody can pull their shit together. I mean, you see how strong these women are. I mean, Ariana and Katie, I mean, they seem to like have gotten their shit fully together. And it's like sometimes dropping dead weight. And it doesn't mean they're dead weight forever for everybody. But for them, being able to drop these things or having them drop for them um, has kind of made their life in certain ways so much better. I mean, Lala is still dealing with Randall shit, but she's on her way. It's got a hit podcast, all of this. I mean, like the Sheena is doing her Sheena thing, which we'll get to summer moon in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought that was interesting, but also just uh shout out to my mom. I, I've been thinking about her a lot. And I think that was part of the, trepidation or kind of like a little bit of a bad feeling about covering this just because it was so, and I mean, I was, go, I was losing my mind through all that, the mom stuff. And I know I took out a lot on these recaps. Uh, Cause it was just, it was wild. It was nuts. You guys watching all that happen. And uh, I will be bummed because I will not be able to watch with her or talk about it with her where she would just roll her eyes or shake her head or make her watch an episode and have her come on. But I will say this is how amazing my dad, Bill Bailey is, was that uh, my dad now follows my social media. He's trying, he's trying, right? Uh, which I feel bad about, but he texts me today and he goes, what's VPR? Cause I had posted something about VPR returns tonight. And I was like, Vanderpump rules exclamation point. And then he was like, duh, thanks. And then I posted it and he was like, just saw your post. Good one. Cause I made fun of him in it. But I, I, uh, you know, I, I love that my dad is trying and, uh, you know, my dad is potentially going to get into the sickness that is VPR Vanderpump rules. So shout out to Becky Bailey, wherever you are. I hope they have the Peacock extended edition in heaven for you to. Okay. Season 11, episode one notes on a scandal, Uh shout out for them, not saying notes on a scandal. Um, so this is the description the cable company gives us. Ariana puts on a brave face and attempts to rebuild her life after Tom's infidelity. Attempts to make her own coffee after Tom's infidelity. Tom Schwartz tries to make peace with his friends. DJ James Kennedy settles into his new life with Ali, Ali Valley. Sheena opens up about her diagnosis, which that is so misleading. I mean, it's not like there is, a but like, I mean, I was literally like, what the fuck? Sheena, what you, uh, uh, but it almost seems like a very special season of Vanderpump Rules. And then finally, Lala confides in Lisa Vanderpump. <laughs> I'm gassy tonight, Lisa. Oh, thank you for telling me, dear Lala. I knew I smelled something funny. Did you know Lala's been passing gas all over Tom Tom? I can't believe that. Also, I've watched this episode a couple of times before it aired tonight, and then I watched it while it aired because that's part of the fun is seeing what commercials they play. I'm truly disgusted. I'm sick. I just like to see what commercials they play during it. It's like part of the experience. And you have to say, you know, you can just tell ad-wise how good this show is doing. Like, you had major movie companies doing, like, 
Agent Argyle and like the Madam Web, which looks like a steaming pile of horse shit. Like you have all of these movie advertisements. Walmart is advertising all over the place. I mean, they have so many advertisements from very good companies. It was no longer of like, do you need your tummy flatter? Try Green's Tummy Tea. Um, so you had all of that, and I was watching it. So I watched like the last five minutes of the uh, the uh, of the reunion. And I have to say, I hadn't watched that reunion, I think, since it it last aired. And it it hit me so differently because the, the reunion ends with that conversation with Rachel, where producer Jeremiah is talking to her and she, you know, reveals of like, oh, I didn't want to betray Tom and all this stuff. And you really what really got impressed on me that I even didn't feel in the moment of how lost and broken Rachel was. I mean, truly, one of the smartest things she did was check herself into a facility because that was so dark going back and watching that last five minutes. I was like, oh, shit. Like, you just saw somebody so fucking confused and lost. And the only person that was in her life that would talk to her at that point was Sandoval being able to be kept under his thumb. And she's like, I don't like lying, but I don't. And it was, it, I mean, guys, it was it was actually heartbreaking. And like I said, I'm not a uh, Rachel apologist. I've listened to a couple of episodes on her podcast. I found it very enlightening, even though I know a lot of people are trashing it. But I think, you know, listen to it, it like sped up at the two time speed. And, you know, I thought it was I thought you get a lot of information out there. I still am very curious and a little dis- I don't know. I'm still a little curious of why. I don't know. Anyways, that last couple of minutes just it was just like, oh, shit, I forgot how dark this got. And, uh, you know, I will say hats off to her in terms of going to actually get help. Um, and I was just thinking more about that situation of, you know, thinking that you're in love with somebody and wanting that to work out. Um, and realizing that you lied to everybody about this. She put herself on an Island because she was trying to protect this relationship. And then she was having to drink and drug and all of these things to, try to come to terms with what she was doing with the, what they were doing. And the, the promise of a greater tomorrow was being hung over her head the entire time. And Tom truly would still probably be with Rachel, even though that would be a fucking clusterfuck. He would still be with Rachel because I feel like in some senses, even if he hasn't come to terms with it, that would be the only way that he could justify his actions. Like, see, I'm dude, I'm a good dude. dude. It's like love, dude. It's like real love, dude. Also, that was the one thing also about the Nick Vile podcast is that I almost thought, was there an agreement to not talk about Rachel? Like it was lightly referred to, but not in a sense where I thought they were really going to get into it and they just didn't at all. Um, I mean, it still went so long, but we, we, it was just like the absence of that. So I was like, that had to have been an agreement because I don't think Nick would have missed that entirely. I just don't. Um, so I found that interesting as well. So we start off with a bang. We start off with the new title sequence, you know, like raise your glass. I do think they should have used the sad, slower version that they did in the initial preview of like, you know, but instead we still have the beautiful Dina Deadly version, but there is something haunted about this song now. And they still have this very fast opening sequence where it starts off where we dip into something about her. 
The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. It's fully done up. The little tiny sandwiches are out. We have Ariana in a beautiful blue dress, Katie in a beautiful green dress. They are ready to serve. Ariana has a little teacup. Now, unfortunately, this is as decorated as something about her that, that that will be in, you know, for the near future because the city of West Hollywood came down on them hard and they had to, you know, get way more permits. They thought they could have that outside area and they couldn't. And they're having to go back to the drawing board and things truly do and are taking time. So you go in with the drone on that and then automatically it goes over to Tom Tom and you see the two Toms, Schwartz and Sandoval and Sandoval's behind the bar. And to the left, you see this lady in like this kind of like slinky yellow cocktail dress and she's like leaning over like she doesn't want to be seen in the shot with the toms she's like oh shit i'm in i'm a paid extra i don't even want to be here and tom's pouring a drink like dude back to basics dude back to base i my argument was you should have kicked tom out of that he should have kicked himself out of that house and went back and moved into that shitty apartment that he used to live in and in fact schwartz should have gone there with him and schwartz and sandoval should have been a back to the basic season of let's just be in this miserable apartment together until we figure out our own shit so you're in tom tom and then it goes kind of speeds through there with the drone and then all of a sudden we're into sir and we have dj james kennedy between the one behind the ones and twos you have lala on his right side sheena on his left side and i will say this is a sir free episode the sexy unique restaurant is not in this episode at all and i will say hats off in a certain way that we are not pretending that we work in these restaurants to the degree that they used to do this, but it is something weird. And I will say justice for fucking Peter. We had a Peter magical free episode and I'm not liking it. We had the fucking Tom, Tom alleyway and Peter is not there. Do you remember last season? Peter was already in that first episode. Cause he was about to, he was like trying to date Lala and he was like, Oh, Lala, I would like to take you for those. Not you. You said you were hungering for nachos. I would love to take you out for nachos and maybe some goods and sundries at a certain point. We had no Peter. This poor Peter is out there working his ass off, counting out cocktail servers every night on the reel with no cameras there. And this guy's just hoping for like a little background shot in a, and he's not there at all. I hope they correct this. 
because this 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 will not stand. So we have this, and then all of a sudden the drone moves into Sir, and Lisa Vanderpump comes out, and it says Lisa. No can because she will not let that happen. And then we immediately go into the music, which is a crime um, in itself. It's like, wow, watch me now. Uh, 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 I'm the G-O-A-T goat. I'm making moves like, whoa, oh, 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 welcome down. Gotta see it to believe it. When you see it go, whoa, 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 whoa. And we see during that time shots of like freeways, the valley, and we go over in the valley village which also Valley Village should be paying Vanderpump Rules residuals at this point. I mean, they either had to have raised the property value because of Vanderpump Rules or it went way lower. And we go over into Tom and Ariana's very beautiful house and you see all of the beautiful decoration that they did. I mean, and I will say this isn't an indefensive Tom, but they really put so much work into how this thing was decorated. And I remember, you know, Tom showing me each room like the workout room and even like oh, across from the kitchen you see like a little mini fridge on the floor and he was explaining to me that he was going to make that into kind of like a little a little hidden bar area and it was going to be a bookshelf and you were going to have to pull the Stephen King's the talisman out like for some reason it was Stephen King's the talisman out and it would open the door to that little bar entryway like he put so much and he was uh, talking about the fire pit outside. And of course they are now in potential litigation over this house. And he was very upset about the house on the Nick Vile podcast. So we're going through this house. We see the Tom and Ariana prints on the wall. And then we see Kitty, which is Tom and Ariana's cat. And the, the kitchen we're in is just flooded with flowers. It looks like the fucking secret garden in there. And you see a, a flower that says happy birthday, love mom. And you see Ariana opening the cupboards and you see team Ariana on the fridge and Maya, the dogs right there. And she's like, I make my own coffee now. That's how we roll. And you see the little coffee machine whirring. And then she takes this little, she's like, I can do this. I can do this. No one ever did that for me. And she has like a little cinnamon pin where she puts a little heart. She puts a little heart. And she's like, oh, wow. And she even says, oh, me and my cinnamon pin. And I was like, uh, guys, <laughs> I will say, I guess I just never thought about it. But I didn't know how fucking baristas and coffee magicians did shit like that. I was like, man, they've got a really steady hand. I didn't realize you had you could get a pit that would actually do that. I'm such an idiot. I always, but I was like, oh, wow, a cinnamon pin. But good, because what, you know, Tom also, you know, I made her dumpling latte, dude. She never did shit for me, dude. I made her dumpling latte. Well, we see that you can make your own coffee now. Ariana knows how to make her own coffee. Even though I will say it's always preferable to actually have somebody bring you coffee. Uh, so we see that the animals, Ariana, it's light and bright. It is not the funk that we left there in the Scandal episode where they were fighting in that living room. And uh, we're like, okay, okay. And then we hear this music. Wow, you're a miracle, I believe. And we zoom on over to Marina Del Rey. That's right. We are into Marina Del Rey. And I will say, they've got to get a better shot of Sheena's little condo in Marina Del Rey. Because right now, it looks like, it looks a bit like where my grandma used to live. And I and the thing is, I think Sheena, Sheena has like three different properties. She has one in Los Angeles, one in Marina Del Rey, I think one in San Diego, one in uh, four. I think she has four. So maybe she just buys small. But uh, we see all the summer moons 
toys laid out. And uh, we see, which is just anywhere Sheena moves, you need a full-blown print that looks like a Renaissance painting or some kind of sexy uh, photograph. And we do. We see one of Sheena, Brock, and Summer Moon. And that's all I need because we've seen... So remember the the photos of uh, Sheena and Mike Shea, the wedding photos that were like littered over that apartment, which I was like, oh my God. There was a time, if you guys have followed me even before the podcast, that I tr- I was like, oh, it, that to me was the Holy Grail. That and the Bubba painting at, um, at, at Schwartz and Katie's old place, where it was just like Bubba, 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 which they threw out. I'm like, who throw like I need a fucking Indiana Jones. It's like, this is history. This is a, this is archaeology. We need to go get this. Cause I'm like, how do you throw out even, even like, come on, like you, the Bubba painting, you could put one of your, I mean, I, I don't know if you'll have kids at this point, but you could, you could put one of your pets through college or something. So we're immediately in this scene and summer moon is there being acute as a button. Brock is being like, Mr. Mom, I think he's making like a PB and J and, um, you know, Sheena's like, how do you spell your name? And she's like, S-U-F-M-E-R-M-O-O-N. And she nails it, dude. This little summer moon. I mean, we're talking Stephen Hawking levels of brilliance there. I still have trouble with Bailey. Like, I do. And Brock's like, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Remember, I can't do a Brock imitation, so I do him as a little Irish leprechaun. And even that's a little rough. But you can tell this summer moon, you can tell Sheena is her mom because she, like, looks She looks directly down the barrel of that camera. She's like, check that out, motherfuckers. I know how to spell my name. The show will be mine by next year. So they're all clapping, giving her. And, uh, you know, Sheena's like, do you remember how we're working on spelling Summer Moon? And he's like, wow, kiddo, wow. And then we zoom on over like to the Deep Valley and we're at James and Alley Valley's new house in Burbank. And we go into this beautiful house and we see like a wood etching that says James and Alley's first house, 2023. By the way, you know you're doing good if you get a wood etching that says first house because that means you assume that there's going to be a second or a third. I would just literally like house. Thank fucking God, house, house. But there's this cutting, like, who got this cutting board for James and Allie? It was DJ James, oh, I was doing a gig in Vegas, and they had a wood cutting place, and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cute if you had DJ James Kennedy and Allie first house in wood? Guys, night! So we're in there, and uh, we see, like, little accoutrement. We see a hat that says Cat Dad, because Allie has a couple of cats, and that's TJ James Kennedy has a hat. He's like, I've got to get a hat that says Cat Dad, guys night! So Allie is, like, putting a... Um, putting like a little comforter down and DJ James Kennedy comes sliding in. He's like, Ali Dali, Ali Valley. I thought he said Ali Dali, but he actually said Ali Valley, which makes more sense. But I was hoping it was Ali Dali of like, Ali Dali, a bit, a bop, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. Like, you know, just when you do that stupid game as a kid, when you're rhyming your name, Ali Dali rhymes with Valley, Mimo Mali, Ali Dali, but it's Ali Valley. So he slides in there. They're both laughing. And James like, can you believe this is our house? And she's like, no, I can't believe it. It's been two months, literally to the date. And it's the perfect like house. It's fucking crazy. And Ali's like, it's so quiet. And then we hear an engine roar overhead. 
an airplane engine roar overhead. It's an Alaska airline one and a door just falls right in the middle of the scene because loose, these screws were not bolted. No, but we do hear an airplane roar and uh, we hear like a little bit of glass rattling. And I got to tell you, if anybody from production is listening, I know you added the grass, the, the glasses rattling that I know that's not, you added that in post and you don't need to do that. Like, come on, you guys. I, I understand that they live in a loud place. I didn't need the glasses rattling. I'm watching this and listening to this too intensely. So, yeah, they they live in a flight path. But, man, you know, it's, it's still their first home. He's like, we, you know, we do live by the airport. So that's a catch. Yes, yes. And then we zoom on over to Tom Schwartz's apartment in Valley Village. And you guys, guess what? Tom has kids now. A bunch of plants. And he's like. He's doing the Tom baby voice of like, baba, baba. He's like, oh my God, you guys, do you want a little sip of ruski of water? Oh yeah, take it in. It's the freaking weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's a little for you. Okay, you're not driving. Okay, you're dead. And guys, I'm not a plant guy. But is this potentially too many plants in one area? Should he spread out the plants or is this a good positioning of the plants? It felt a little like, George of the jungle. And I was like, Oh my God, it just seemed like a lot, but he has like this big old bucket of water that he's just going around tipping it in. He's like, you'll your majesty. All right. You're my only friends. Now you're my only friends. And thus begins Schwartz's mopey feel bad for me. I don't have any friends when we know that's not the case. He might not be friends with a lot of people on the cast, but this dude as Katie Maloney said, he is a serial killer's wet dream. This guy has so many friends, not even in counting the plants, the horticulture at all. So we go back into the song. I'm leaving you. So when you see me go up, 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 uh, uh, and we're back over at Tom and Ariana's house and Katie Maloney just walks in and Ariana's like, Hey, it's like, Hey girl. Oh my God, Katie, I love this hair so much. It is so good. And then Katie's like, oh my God, thanks. You look great. It's that thing that we always see, you know, on these shows like, you look great. No, you look great. No, you look better. And so they're hugging each other. Oh, it's so great. And Katie's like, every time I walk in here, it's like a floral shop. And she's like, oh, these are all birthday flowers for me. And then Ariana's like, are you excited to go thrifting? And Katie's like, I am really excited. I really want to find cute teacups for the sandwich shop. And guys, I think when they say thrifting, it's different than when I used to go to thrifting to like, you know, the Goodwill or Savers. I just can't imagine that was my thing. And I know that I know they're probably going to like fancy thrift stores. But in my head, I'm like, wait a sec. Like when I go to Savers, like they're getting the they're getting the plates and cups like like those are all <laughs> getting the plates and cups from like the Goodwill. Like, is that is that what they're doing? But I think that's not not it. So anyways. Katie and I talking to it says everything's been falling into place about something about her here, her, we secured our location. We got it all redesigned by John Hutman, who is Nancy Myers, the film director's production designer. That is a huge deal. Nancy Myers is a God among directors. I mean, uh, you know, something's got to give what women want. I mean, I'm not even talking about, I mean, she's just a genius. It's complicated, but every one of Nancy Myers movies, especially when you go into a kitchen in a Nancy Myers movie, it is uh, even me, it's like a wet dream for like, it's just gorgeous. 
Anyway, so they got him as a production designer and we brought Penny on in a more official capacity who we met last season. And she has done the menu and she's going to be their COO, their chief operating officer. So you would think everything is falling into place. And I remember when things were like that going that smoothly where I was like, damn, it took forever for Schwartz and Sandys or Tom Tom to get on. I was like, man, it just must be so easy. And all these other people must be so lazy. But, you know then you see there's a problem now. Anyways, Katie says, it's really quiet in here. And Ariana goes, he's in New Zealand shooting some sort of competition show. And then we cut to Tom Sandoval selfie videoing himself in New Zealand. And he's twirling around and he's like, beautiful dude. And we just see big piles of mountain dirt. It's just, <laughs> he's, he's the, because New Zealand is so is a beautiful place, but you don't get that perspective from this. It just looks like big piles of shit dirt. And he's like, beautiful, dude. He's like, oh man, this dirt is amazing. I something I hope to be this kind of dirt. You know, he's yeah, so he's like, beautiful, dude. Yeah. I just I was like amazing. Cause that's you see Tom right here, and you see Tom at the very end of this episode, but that's it, even though he's omnipresent in this episode, because we're all here at this moment because of his actions. So he's off doing that. And they're like, okay, cool. And Ariana in a talking head says three months ago when Tom blew up our lives. Um, and then we flash back to the final episode where, you know, oh God, it was just so that, that, that darkness where they pick back up cameras and we have that moment where they're in that living room and they both look like they haven't slept and it's just dark. And you see Tom with the mustache and he's like, me and Raquel, dude, we became like really good friends, dude. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about fucking Raquel. I'm so sorry if you're at your office and that just, um, if that just disturbed anything that you were doing right now. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to be accurate to Ariana's voice. Um, so, <laughs> And Ariana is like, I was not like prepared to be kicked out of my house um, and start a whole new freaking life at all. So even though we still live under the same roof and we get a shot of Tom's room, which uh, I've seen a room like this is the room, it's sort of the room I, my first room after I got separated, it, it, it just like a, a dingy brown, uh, you know, a, a topping on a bed and some water bottles thrown around. Um, so yeah, she's like, even though we still don't, we're able to maintain a no contact policy and we go into Ariana's room, which used to be Ariana and Tom. And this thing is littered. We got clothes everywhere. We got clothes hanging from the dresser. I mean, this thing, you can just tell it is like a bunker. She has bunkered herself into this room, but she lets us know that they communicate with his assistant and, and I got to tell you, this Anne, I don't know her. I, I used to see her at some of the events and she looks like a really friendly, nice person. But talk about the shitty, like this job that she had as an assistant for Tom Thandoval was probably so amazing at first and fun. And it is just imagine you get this job and you're like, okay, this is kind of fun. There's like a lot of cool perks. And then all of a sudden this shit blows up. And now she's having to be the go-between between Ariana and Tom. And so we see Ariana texting Ann and says, please tell him to turn off the LED lights at night. It's annoying the neighbors. <laughs> and then Ann ticks, 
And Anne, we see her in the kitchen frantically typing, and it says, he says they fall under freedom of speech. And I'm proud to be an American where I can run my LED lights all night. Thing is, poor neighbor. Like, dude, that's freedom of speech, dude. It sounds like Tom Sandoval might be running for office. Sandoval, 2024. I need LED lights in all the backyards, dude. Fuck the neighbors, dude. Those poor neighbors having to hear him like hump Rachel in the pool, like and have like deep conversations where like, dude, I see you so much more than all those girls do. I think galaxy lights are fucking awesome, dude. But he says the LED lights fall under freedom of speech. And I will say, I think that's that's what our forefathers fought for. It's guns and LED lights. But, uh, you know, she's like, hey, that's literally her job, unfortunately. So in the scene. He's like, I, I I, feel like the house is the last thing that's like tying things or us together. But what I think is psychotic, she's telling Katie, is that he wants to buy me out and stay here. If he and Katie's like, if he has that kind of money, go buy something else. And she's like, I'm sorry, but then you don't have to move. And I do. I mean, what are you going to bring your little pin pal back over here? I don't fucking think so, Ariana says. Now, remember, at this time, she thinks, and they are at this point, Tom and Rachel are supposedly still together. And in a talking head, Ariana explains, hey, from what I can tell, Tom and Rachel are still very much together because they have been sending mail and packages back and forth to each other. She even sent a postcard with lightning bolts all over it. And we see the postcard that says Arizona. Arizona didn't ask for this and it has lightning bolts. It's actually kind of a stunning postcard when I think about it. But she's like, get a new bit already. Lightning, you know, it's like lightning bolts are so 2023, baby. And Ariana's like, in the latest of unhinged behaviors, he had his assistant glue the penis flute back together. And we, Katie turns over and we see the pu- the the punis, we see the punis flute, we see the penis flute hanging on the, the living room wall and dramatic opera music plays. It's like, oh, oh, do, 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 oh, oh. And we flash back when we see three months earlier, Logan, uh, Logan Cochran, who is awesome. He's the manager at Tom Tom and one of Ariana's best friends. We see him break that penis flute and all of Ariana's friends, all the, the, the greatest hits friends are there cheering or, you know, Sheena, we see all that. And we come back and Katie's like, well, he really wanted to hold on to that thing. I once again have to shout out Tom's assistant. Ann. <laughs> you just talk about a shitty job. Um, hey, Tom, what can I do for you today? Um, it's a big day for you, Ann. Um, you know, hey, do you know that penis flute that meant a great deal to me and that Logan um, busted? I'm going to need you to glow, glue that penis. <laughs> Does Tom have HR at his? Because <laughs> you, you know, and goes home and whoever. Hey, Ann, you look glum. What's going on? Um. I don't want to talk about it. No, really. What's going on? You can talk to me. Uh, you wouldn't understand. Um, no, for real, Anne. you just look really down. Um, my boss, uh, he, uh, had me glue a wooden, uh, wooden penis flute back together that was broken out of anger. <laughs> Tom couldn't even glue his own penis flute together. I mean, talking about like deeper meaning. That's what you need to see a therapist about. Why couldn't you glue your own penis flute? Dude. 
the fucking media, dude, and the, the podcast, and the, just, I can't, my, my hands are shaky, dude. I can't properly glue the penis loop back. Uh, <laughs> we see a close up of the penis flute. And then all of a sudden we're back in the valley and DJ James Kennedy's like, what should we, what should we build today? Alley Valley? What should we build? And she's like, well, let's try the cabinet. He's like, I ate building stuff. I do. I do. And they're putting together like probably better than Ikea, but you know, that's what I usually got Ikea furniture together. We see a beautiful pool there, but also you can tell it's AstroTurf, which I just have to say in the Valley it gets really hot. That AstroTurf is going to be very tough on, you know, everybody that's going to party over there, make sure you wear sandals or flippy flops because that's going to be the, the turf is going to really, it's going to be bad on your feet. Um, and now he's like, oh, I think we're going to end up having to call TaskRabbit about this. And he's like, when do you think we'll have our first pool party? I think it's kind of funny now that we've got a pool because when like Sandoval stopped inviting me to his parties and his like cool pool parties, as soon as the affair started, it was just more convenient with just one less person to not have DJ James Kennedy there for a pool night. And she's like, right, right, uh-huh. And he's like, obviously, my feelings are hurt, you know, in a talking head. He's like, I think I've said enough times, you know, in a message to Tom, you know, carrier pigeons have even said, hey, you know, remember your friend James? Yeah, well, his feelings are hurt. And then in the scene, he's like, well, because, you know, he's like, because you were you were having sex with his ex and like also shut him out from the entire group. DJ James Kennedy still speaks into such beautiful talking head. Like if I ever learn a language, I just, I want it to be talking head language of just where you just say like, oh, I'm going to say something really funny and contrite and very funny. He's like, he shut me out of the entire group. And Allie goes, Hey, is there a world where you and Sandoval could be friends again? And this is the kind of talk that you're like shocked to hear. Cause you're like, wait, what? We're not just, Hey, you guys are, are going to consider it. And DJ James Kennedy's like friends friends alley valley i haven't heard one fucking word from that man he's outrageous i honestly think he went a little cuckoo and then they're talking head. he's like i've seen clips of his god awful performances you know shirtless laughing into the microphone and we see interspersed clips of tom sandoval and the most extras where he has his shirt off he's all ripped up and he's like doing something weird with his mouth like, like a mini I don't know, harmonica or something. He's like, yeah, shouting Raquel's name and itsy bitsy spider, you know, once upon a time out of a, you know, a phone fell out of a pocket and someone picked it up like, good God, man, get a hold of yourself. This comes from a man who used to rap it, sir. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a black wraith. Everybody remember when Jack's fucked faith? <laughs> get a grip, man. Good God. Guys, night. So um, he's like, uh, yeah, you know, and then we see another plane, you know, just pop over with loud noise. And now we go on over to Marina Del Rey and Brock's like, oh, I love our little girl. I like when she's like, put me in bed. And Sheena's like, I know she's just laying there blinking because they're watching uh, Summer Moon on like a little kid's video camera. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just in love with their kid. And they're just laughing. I will say, uh, and this got brought up on Watch What Happens Live, that Sheena potentially needs to get a new couch. They, this couch looks like it's been through something. And I will say, uh, if Sheena, if you do get rid of your couch, I'd love to have, I mean, that would be great in my reality show museum. Like this is the couch. In fact, me saying this now, 
I don't want Sheena to keep it just because it's an artifact, but I do think this is potentially an iconic couch because this is where the Sandoval Sheena um, conversation happened in the Scandal episode from season 10. Um, but anyway, Sheena's like, when I get on this couch, I just get Scandal Sandoval flashbacks. And we flash back to that scene where he's like, how do I fucking end the relationship that's not you know, um, you know, and she's like, you be a fucking adult and you have a conversation with her. She's clearly going through it with the big old hoop earrings. Sheena deserved an Emmy for this scene. This is three months earlier. And uh, Brock's like, he never responded to you, huh? Hey, Tom never responded to you. After you reached out after Ali died, huh? No, Sheena asked that to Brock. And uh, he's like, no. And Sheena lets us know in a talking head that Allie was one of Tom Sandoval's best friends from childhood and, you know, who we got close with. We would do Coachella with. He would come and barbecue. He was really big on brisket. It's a little detail. He was such an amazing person, Sheena says. And recently he passed away. And guys, no matter what Sandoval did or whatever, I mean, that's just horrible. I mean, everybody, Dodie said Ali was a Ariana. Everybody seemed to have loved this guy. And I'm sure Sandoval needs him now more than ever. So your heart does go out to him about this. Um, and Brock's like, I mean, look, the guy didn't do anything right. But he also, the amount of like disconnect that everybody put him through was a lot. And so I'm like, Brock being one of the first ones to tumble of like, oh, you guys, look what you did to him. And she was like, honey, I literally messaged him. And we see this text where it's like, Tom, I don't even have the words right now. I just want you to know we are all sending you our love and condolences. Please reach out if you need us. I want to make sure you're okay. So we see this text and you're like, okay, that's probably the right thing to do. And she's like, well, I didn't hear from him. And I was like, I'm going to send him another message. And that one never delivered. So I'm like, okay, he blocked me. And then I looked on Instagram, he blocked me, he blocked Shenanigans, my podcast, and he blocked Summer Moon. Oh, you guys. He's like, like Sandoval, I get it. You're mad at me, you block me. You hate the podcast, you block Shenanigans. But you're going to go and block Summer Moon, and we see these really adorable photos of Summer Moon. And she's like, I just, I don't know how you could block that adorable face. And I will say, listen. This is obviously the fight of the season. This is the main storyline from here on out is the, the tension between Summer Moon and Tom Sandoval. This is the major beef of the season. Because you know, you know, I hope Sandoval gets to a point where he's like, dude, Summer, if I could just, if I could just talk to you for a second away from your parents, like, listen, dude, it was so, um, you just don't even know, my whole world was turned upside down, dude. And like, I invited you to my Tom Sandoval on the most accurate shows, but it turns out, um, you can't get into it because they all serve alcohol there. But it was just like you, dude. Like, I just, I, I just always thought I just, I couldn't take it, dude. Um, it is completely serious, silly and ridiculous. And that's why I'm laughing at it. But the reality of the situation, you guys, is if you block somebody on Instagram, you have that option where it'll say blocking this person will block all of their accounts. So I'm assuming that Sheena set up all of these Instagram accounts, including her daughter's, unless her daughter really is that kind of Stephen Hawking intelligence where she's like, mommy, I'm going to set up my own IG account and my own YouTube page. Um, so I think that's obviously why it blocked. But in my head, I love to imagine that Summer Moon was blocked by Tom Sandoval specifically. Like, dude, nah, dude, nah. 
I'm cool. With, I'm cool with ocean, dude, but not summer moon, man. That's bad news, bears, dude. You can't trust. She is cute, dude, but no, it's not. It's not cool, dude. Summer moon, bad news. Not gonna follow that one. Block. So I think that's what it is. And he's like, "Hey, what's the latest we know about the Raquel?" And Sheena's like, "Well, Kyle told me that she was in the. Is this Kyle Chan? Told me that she was going to be in the facility for forty-five days, and then she extended for another thirty. But I don't know the timeline of when that seventy-five days started." Um, and he's like, this one is, is just a whole bag of mixed worms. Like, uh, to be honest, huh? Huh? And then Sheena's like worm with mustaches, bang, bang catchphrase. Um, also about that, man, I really wish in certain aspects that Rachel would have come back for this season now, but I mean, listen, I don't think that, you know, Rachel just went on her Rachel goes rogue podcast and still is like, Hey, listen, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, Sheena hit me. Sheena hit me. You know, like really still. And I, I'm I I just uh yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna mend that relationship when you were once again calling Sheena out. But it is interesting because from this scene you kind of see how it is dying down a little bit. Of Brock is like, Oh, you guys put Sandoval through hell, did ya? You know? So anyways, and then we go to the music. Hey, turn it up. Uh, 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 and we go over to Lala's apartment and we're in Ocean's room, which looks, uh, you know, nicer than most places I've lived in. And we see a little ball pit and they're like, you know, Lala's mom is there. She's like, oh, my God, that ball pit is just going to be the end of us. She thinks we can't see her. She just disappears in the ball pit. And it is just ridiculous. Lisa is Lala's uh, mom's name and Lala on a talking head says, I think of my mom as like a pod. I think of my family as like a pod of orcas, which is just like, that's why we do know that, uh, animal rights. In fact, do you remember that ad where it was like nude and her and Sheena and Ariana painted themselves nude? Like, I don't think they painted themselves, but they were like painted nude and like, like look like orcas. So I like that. She's comparing her family to orcas. She's like, you just add to the pod. No one ever leaves. That's also usually like, that's a good log line for a horror film. It's like a pod of orcas and none of them ever leave. Anyways. Uh, Lala's like, well, I'm glad that Easton could like take ocean from you. And Easton is Lala's brother. And we find out that he has an apartment now next to Lala, pretty much. And the mom's like, yeah, it's life-changing for me. I can call and say, hey, can you do this? Can you take her? Because Lisa is now uh, being one of the primary caregivers to Ocean, has uprooted her life and came out and just helped, which is amazing. And now Easton is there as well. Now I'm told also, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Easton co-hosts Give Them Lala, the podcast with Lala. Uh, I think that's true. I'm sorry if I'm giving incorrect information, um, but I, I'm curious if Easton is living the life. And I'm curious if Easton is now going to be a character this season. So he's there in the complex, complex, the mom's there. And then Lala's like, oh, people ask me, like, are you dating? And I'm like, yo, what's up? That feels like it would fuck up this dynamic, yo. We got a lot going on. Um, anyways, they're just singing Ocean's praises saying, uh, you know, she's a magical child. And then Lala says, well, I hope my custody situation wraps up soon. As according to watch what happens live tonight, Lala says it is not wrapping up anytime soon, but she says, I just keep thinking if, even if this custody situation is like put to bed, it's still temporary. You know, I mean, with the goal with custody is just looking out for the well-being of ocean. Lala says, 
His biggest thing, Randall, is I don't want to give her full legal because that would mean she can put Ocean on Vanderpump Rules, but I'll give her final say on education and health. And she's like, and I'm like, well, that's all I fucking want. I don't give a fuck about putting her on Vanderpump Rules, yo. And I think that is brilliant. And that is something that I will, like, Lala is such an, a fascinating character because she, and I think, you know, there's a couple ways to look at her reaching out to Rachel at the end of this episode, is that it's smart in terms of keeping her on the show and kind of keeping that storyline and her engaged because we're not necessarily going to see her dating on this show and she's not in love or, you know, been cheated on by any of the main cast members. So that would keep her on. But at the same she is a smart cookie. Like, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way. Like, she does know, like you know, Randall thought I wanted her on Vanderpump rules. I don't give a fuck. I actually just want to actually have control of what she learns, her medical and things like that. Um, but anyway, she says, listen, I've gone through a lot of trauma. I thought it was like the perfect time. Um, she says, uh, sorry. I thought it was like the perfect time when I was with my ex and like, look what happened, mom. And she's like, well, you thought it was the perfect time, the perfect partner, the perfect everything, but it was actually the perfect storm. And Lala starts crying. And she's like, last year I had to put everything that I had personally experienced on the back burner because I've been fixated on a custody battle, but now I got to deal with my own heartbreak. Um, and I thought that was interesting uh, to, you know, I thought she was going to say I had to put all this on the back burner because of Scandal, but she was like, no, I'm dealing with the custody and actually made me put my own emotions on the back burner. So I'm still getting over this man who had promised me the moon and the stars and everything when she was 25. And we flash back to a scene with her and Lisa fighting from last season where she's like, I met someone who was like head over heels for me, Lisa. And, uh, she says, I just cry all the time. And she said, listen, I know that part will end. Um, but in order for me to heal and be soft and a good role model for my kid, I got to go through these emotions, she says, or else everyone around me is fucked. Um, and I think that's interesting. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I think Lala is a very popular character with a lot of women out there. And I think this is probably maybe where they relate to her on is that, look, I know I'm crying now, but that's going to get like, she does seem to have the right things to say at the right times. But sometimes when she pops off and she's like, you want to get popped? Like when she's that Lala, when she's like giving them the bad Lala, it can like undercut some of these really important feelings and messages she has because, you know, She's an attack dog and she's admitted that herself. And I think sometimes when she's in that mode, she says some really stupid things. Um, but she says, look, I look at everybody, everybody, Ariana gets a new man. And we see a picture of Dan, Ariana's new boyfriend. And I'm like, what's the motive there? Uh, you know, I don't trust him. And the mom's like, there's nothing wrong with questioning this. And the other right now, um, you know, she's like, your blinders are off. So of course you're going to think these things about everybody. Um, but she's like, you know, you just got to work through it. And it's baby steps, the mom says. And they're like, I love you. I love you. And yeah, how would, and that's the other thing too, in terms of Ariana is that I, part of me is like understands getting into a new relationship, but also part of me is like, man, that is so traumatic to go through that. And also traumatic to go through what Lala went through in terms of Randall of being able to trust again, or even I like that phrasing of be soft, of able to be soft because when we're in love, we are letting our guard down. And there is, we, we are allowing ourselves to be soft. We are not allowing, you know, because we are so hardened by life and, 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 and the passage of time that when we allow ourselves to be soft, that is sometimes it can be the biggest threat to us. 
and we pay the ultimate price sometimes for being soft. So I think that's really kind of an interesting concept. And I don't love the bringing Dan, Ariana's new boyfriend into it. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are going to question her about that this season, but to each their own, right? So uh, then we actually cut to commercial and we have a commercial for Argyle and Ariana's in this commercial. It's the, um, you know, these are like, in like baked in advertisements. And I will say, I read somebody who was like, I can't believe Lala got to do a commercial with Dua Lipa. And I want to let everybody know Dua Lipa and Henry uh, Cavill, uh, or however you say his name, the guy who played Superman, they weren't actually on set with Lala. Like they're just shooting Lala's reactions to do. I think everybody knows that, but I did see somebody comment the other day and I was like, no, 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 no. Lala's like not on set with Dua Lipa. It's just, you know, it looks like she is. That makes sense to everybody, right? But I will say, and this is another moment for me to bring up one of my favorite baked in advertisements to Vanderpump Rules. And that, of course, is Like a Boss from the movie Like a Boss from 2020, right before pandemic. And it was Sheena and Lala. And all of a sudden, they they did a scene of Vanderpump Rules. And all of a sudden, you hear this. Break's over. How do I look? Like a boss. I wish. Me too. And then they start playing clips from the actual movie, like a boss with Tiffany Haddish. But I got to tell you, it, it's like an only like a minute uh, commercial in that episode of Vanderpump Rules. And I was like, that song pops off. I love that song to this day, like unironically. I've got problems. Okay, so we pick up at a restaurant on uh, in the Valley at Ventura Boulevard, right across from the Great Greek. DJ James Kennedy comes in. He's like, oh, I see him over there. Schwartz, what's up, brother? And, you know, Schwartz is like, how are you, bro? What's going on? I got you something, dude. He's like, no, really? Yeah, um... Yeah, being a new homeowner, you're gonna come, you're gonna become obsessed with these plants. I was like, no, you didn't, bro. No, you didn't. Guys, night. He's like, yeah, I got you a little monstera plant. My gosh. And by the way, also, when you become a homeowner, you're gonna have like a borderline fetish with like smells, you know? And he's like, you're kidding me. You got me like a candle, bro. Oh my God. He's like, <laughs> Schwartz Tilly was like, hit that, bro. Hit that, bro. I love this. this. This is truly men getting older. Hit that, bro. Used to be about a joint and now it's about a citrus candle. And you know, DJ James Kennedy's like, oh my God, bro. No, like I feel like DJ James Kennedy's like close to tears. He's like, can you dig it, dude? Can you dig? I can totally dig it. Oh my God. It smells amazing. This is like a citrus is it like a citrus pussy? Ha 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 ha. It's, it's like, it's an olfactory delight. It like citrus pussy. Oh, he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, something, dude. Yeah, citrus pussy, dude. You still got to be a bro. Like, pussy. Yeah, girls. You know, this candle sells like citrus pussy. Women. We love women. Guys' night. So it's very exciting. And he's like, it smells so good, though. So fresh. And then, uh, you know, they order and uh, they 
you know, Schwartz orders a light beer and DJ James Kennedy's like, oh, I'll have a double espresso. Yes, a double espresso. So we're like, okay, he didn't order a drink. And Schwartz is like, oh, by the way, this is like the first time I'm wearing the Schwartz and Sandy hat out in public, you know, since you know what, <laughs> you know, I was worried like I might get a boo. And he, and DJ James Kennedy's like, hey, you might still get a boo for at this point, you know, from the right person. <laughs> Don't say that, dude. Who knows, you know? Um and then Schwartz goes, oh, the biggest fight I've ever been in with Tom Sandoval was over the name of that bar, Schwartz and Sandy's. Like, he campaigned so hard, like Mr. Marketing Genius, to put that name on the side of the building. And then you know what? You have to hold yourself to a higher standard, bro. Anyway, I'm rambling, dude. And he does the all shocks, like, with his head, you know, with his with his chin in his hand. Oh, um. I love that. He's like, that was the biggest fight I've ever been in with Sandoval. How about the biggest fucking fight should have been all this shit? What are you talking about? The name of the building doesn't mean dick at this point. And also, James is like, well, should we just call it Schwartz and Jamesies? Should we? Should we call it Schwartz and Jamesies? In a talking head, Schwartz, uh, Schwartz, uh, <laughs> Schwartz. And more like kind of mopey stuff about the business. It's like, oh, after Tom's affair became public, our beautiful bar, Schwartz and Sandy's became like the scene of the crime, you know? Reservations are down. A bunch of the staff has quit. We felt like zoo animals in there, you know? People harassing servers, coming in there with a vengeance. It was toxic. <laughs> I love that it was like a war zone. <laughs> People were like smearing feces on like the walls of Schwartz and Sandy's. They were taking big old dumps on the bar tops and things like that. It was crazy, you guys. Oh, the, the ballad of Tom Schwartz. Nobody understands my pain. I'm a man, but does that make me a bad person? I love a man named Sandoval, but that don't make it right to come into my premises and poop all night. It's the ballad of Tom Schwartz. I'll never take responsibility for the things that I've caused. And I knew about the affair with Raquel the night after it happened, even though I'm not really going to say that in this scene because it could upset DJ James Kennedy. And I made Katie feel cre crazy and I gaslit her, but I was protecting my friend. The end. He's like, right now, I do have a lot of resentment towards Tom Sandoval. I do. He said, like, I'm sorry that I put you in a fucked up position and that I essentially used you as a shield for my affair. And he's like, Tom, one of the last things I said to Tom after the fucking hell you put me through, after what you did to our friends, after what you did to Ariana, I was like, you better fucking spend the rest of your life with Raquel. You know, I got enough problems with my, my life. It's just like, I did not need this. My God, man. I, I will but Schwartz played a big part in this Schwartz even like kept going with it where he did a little fake bit with do you have a crush on Raquel and did the little kiss at Sheena's wedding he was like it's like you treated Ariana like this too dude you treated your friend group like this too yes not to the degree but you knew immediately the day after it first happened and then it kept happening you knew Schwartz knew and I even think it's ballsy to say this in front of DJ James Kennedy because he seems still like he's, you know, he's like, you better be with her for the rest of your life. I was like, DJ James Kennedy's like, what? No, what are you talking about? 
Anyways, in a talking head, Torch is like, do I have permission to bitch a little? Do I? Um, You know, Sandoval almost broke me. Last year, it almost broke me. I, I got divorced. My brother Bert has been having some serious health issues. Like we had so many bar woes. You could almost say that Sandoval was kind of like a radioactive cherry on top of my shit Sunday of a year. Um, part of me felt like I was a little bit banished from the group games, like a pariah. And he's like, oh, I know what that's like. He's like, yeah, you do. You do. But like, thank you for also like extending me some empathy and remembering that I am not Tom Sandoval. And he's like, you're your best Tom when you're just Tom Schwartz. You are. Thank you. Thank you. You're not your best Tom when it's Tom Tom. Sorry. I'm really happy to be on good terms with James, despite the little teeny weeny platonic kiss I had with Raquel. And we flash back to that platonic kiss because the way the rest of the gang has been treating me, you know, it's like I almost have to look in the mirror and be like, you're not Tom Sandoval. And then he does a Bill fucking Clinton imitation. He's like, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And he does it like a pretty good one. But like, do not invoke Bill Clinton in the year 2024, dude, please. I mean, what the heck? It's like, uh, now I'm going to do a Jeffrey Epstein imitation. Like, hey, I didn't have anything to do. Like, what, what are you thinking? Anyways, the waiter comes over. I always find it weird. Like, why, why are we? I don't care if they're having duck egg rolls. Like, he gets another espresso. He's like getting really hopped up. And DJ James Kenny's like, I I'm not drinking again. I don't. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know if you were sober again. He's like, yep, yep. He's like, I thought you were like dabbling in moderation. He's like, no, I've been DJing like literally just Red Bulls and Fiji waters. Wow. And then in a talking head, a producer's like, why did you stop drinking again? He's like, well, um, Ali definitely didn't give me an ultimatum this time. And we flash back to the ultimate, like, you know, this is 100% my decision. Uh, and he tells Tom, he's like, I'm meditating. I'm working out at Equinox every day. And he's like, look at these bad boys. Look at these. Welcome to the gun show. Look at these. And he's like, uh, but, but I do smoke weed. He's like, oh, you're California sober? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I smoke a little weed, bro. You know, yeah, all day, all day, every day. You know, and he's like, still technically a California sober. It's like, I wake up, I smoke a little bit. I drink my coffee. I go to the gym. I smoke a little more, you know. And Schwartz is like, yeah, you got to have a little release. And he pulls out his, like James pulls out his vape pin. And then he's like, it just makes my day better. Yeah, drugs do that. And I do want to, I will say, obviously weed agrees with him way more than alcohol ever did. So who am I to judge anything? But that does seem like a lot of weed, doesn't it? It's like, it's like in the morning, goes and does his shit, smokes more. With like, it's, it's consistent throughout. It's not like a treat when you're like, I'm winding down and watching my cold case files. You know, I'm watching American Nightmare on Netflix and I'll have a little puff, puff pass of my weed pen. Like it's all day every like that's and uh, teach their own right so he's like good for you man good for you all right and he's like uh, have you and ariana spoken and he's like no i don't think she wants to see me like in her mind right now at least i'm an extension of tom sandoval maybe i don't know um and he's like do you know if any of the girls are coming to see you tomorrow at your dj gig at tom tom he's like i invited all of them well, say for instance, Ariana's there. Should I just give like a little bow? And he's like, 100%. Or should I just avoid her? No, he's like, oh. 
getting confused. Like, or should I like avoid her altogether? You know, like, should I be like a quick hello? And like, if you guys need anything, it's like, yes, yes, do a quick hello. Dude, tomorrow, let's make it fun. Let's make it a fresh start. You're going to blossom. You know, he's like, yeah, a new flower, a new smell, a good smell. Yes. And he's like, oh, citrus puss, pussy, guys, yeah, 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 woo. Okay, so now we're in a scene with Ariana and Sheena, and they're getting massages. I mean, we still, in the year of 2024, we still have these scenes where they have to go and get massages or their tummies rubbed or whatever. There's always spa scenes in Vanderpump Rules and reality shows in general. So they're getting like a couple's massage. And, um, you know, uh, Sheena wants a deep massage, you guys. So they're getting under the covers, have a little girl time. And Sheena's like, how's the sandwich shop? How's it coming along? We just got a bunch of plates and cups and stuff at the, uh, the thr- at the thrift store, as Macklemore says. And we see a flashback to that of like, oh, my God, this is the tiniest teacup. Imagining doing shots of tequila in this. And, um, you know, she's like, well, how was your day, Sheena? And she's like, well, we're trying to potty train Summer Moon and Summer Moon won't go to the bathroom because she's so upset about Tom Sandoval fucking blocking her. She can't actually train to use the bathroom because she's so stressed out about this man blocking her. She's like, mommy, I can't poopy until I get unblocky, you know. But Sheena's like, hey, I tell this is kind of warped. Sheena's like, I tell her how Ocean always goes on the potty. And I was on the phone with Lala and she was like, Ocean doesn't poop on the toilet. And I was like, yes, she does. So Summer Moon is going to grow up thinking Ocean is like a wonderkind or something. Anyways, listen, she's like, oh, I wanted her to meet Dan because I hear that he's really good with kids. And Ariana's, yeah, he's like really good with his two nephews. He hangs out with them and teaches them things that they're not supposed to do. And I feel like Sandoval would actually be good with kids too if you're going to teach things not to do. Uh, She lets us know in a talking head, Ariana, that she met Dan at one of her oldest friend's weddings, literally 10 or 11 days after everything blew up. And we remember that photo of her in that dress on Instagram, that beautiful flowing pink and different color dress. And we see pictures of her and Dan together, but they met at the wedding. He's a personal trainer and a bartender, and he lives in New York. So we're doing a little long distance thing, she says. Um, And then Sheena in a talking head says, I don't think Ariana has fully processed the trauma with Tom. Um, and that's so true, but she's a bit, as long as Dan, she says, as long as Dan doesn't sleep with one of Ariana's best friends, he's already a giant step up from her ex. I, I would have loved this moment more if Sheena realized, oh my God, I'm one of Ariana's best friends. I better never sleep with Dan. Oh my God. But yeah, it's true. And I, I think Sheena says something here that I think is very important of like, yeah, I, I don't think Ariana has processed the trauma because how could you process the trauma? We see that Sandoval has definitely not processed the trauma. So I do wonder, and I don't like, I do wonder, I mean, I wonder this for myself too, is how you process trauma, how long it takes you to move through things. You know, we always talk about uh, my mom dying and how I will have really tough days and and really, you know, decent days or one part of the day will be good and then the other will be shit. Um And it just comes at you. You dream weird dreams. And, you know, we all go through trauma, every one of us. And it's one of those things is that there's no rule book or guidebook on how to go through these things or what the right thing to do. And it's like, there's no rule book saying, oh, you you can't, you can't be in a meaningful relationship like 11 days out. There's no rule book telling you that you can or can't do these things. You got to figure it out on your own. Um, But anyways, 
Sheena's like, I love that Dan and Brock are, are workout buddies. And Sheena's like, we got good ones, finally. And I'm like, I hope, who knows? Like conventional wisdom says none of the guys are good. We're all not good. Anyways, they get done with the massage and then they go, I never saw this in a massage place. They're like, hey, how about a chocolate tasting? And they sit him down like it's like nice little chocolate thing and like offer him champagne and like, I don't know, man. It was like a whole, I was like, this fucking Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory all of a sudden. But Sheena is not going to take champagne because she's on no alcohol for three weeks because she is on um, Zoloft. I think that's what she's on Zoloft and she doesn't want it to interact with that. Uh, she's three weeks into her taking Zoloft. She just doesn't want any weed, any alcohol to, you know, counter affect anything that she's taking. And Ariana's like, how do you feel otherwise? Like in terms of it, you know, working for you right now. And she's like, I feel mentally stronger, but I'm breaking down every day. My therapist diagnosed me with OCD. She lets us know in a talking head about six months ago. And I felt like I was doing really well. Um, but then until the affair broke and it took my OCD, mixed it with my anxiety and it just went to a whole other level, Sheena says. And my brain is just going crazy about, well, like if Tom could do this to Ariana, could Brock do this to me? Would Brock do something like this with Lala? And just like, it's been a fucking ro roller coaster. I'll say that. And I think that is like Sheena, man, she gets a bad, she's been on this show since day one. Like she was the connecting piece that brought us from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills into Vanderpump Rules. And Sheena is a very unique character, but I think she is essential to Vanderpump Rules. And I think people will see this. And I already saw some people like kind of making fun of her and stuff. And I'm like, dude, her mind works. Like all of our minds work so differently. They, you know, and it's like, yeah, she probably did spin out because we all were saying Brock fucking probably banged Rachel too. Remember? I, I remember. Like, remember when everybody was saying that, like, she really does sit there and think about these things. Like she is an actual person. And on top of that, yeah, she was dealing with the, having the court with Rachel, all of this shit. Like, I'm sure she was a basket of case. Um, so anyways, she asked Ariana, how are you with Schwartz right now? And she's like, well, I haven't blocked on everything. Uh, after we talked that night and we flash back to that, where she's like, I will not have mutual friends with him Schwartz. So I am not your friend anymore. I am just not. And I was like, well, we're not going to have a relationship. She tells Sheena, but I'm not like actively saying fuck off to him. Right. And she's like, yep. But then he did watch what happens live. She says, and he was like, people need to go and hug Tom. And she's like, oh, I saw that. And we flash back to that night and Tom Schwartz had obviously had some stuff to drink. And he's like, oh, he knows Andy. Like he's a monster for what he did. But if you see him, maybe like give him a hug, even if he doesn't deserve him, like give him a hug. Which that is such bad advice to give because people will give him a hug. Like it's don't put more temptation in front of Tom Sandoval at that moment. Anyways, Ariana's like, so I texted him and then I blocked him. And I don't remember exactly what I said to Schwartz, she says in a talking head, but I don't think it was that bad. And then Schwartz is like, um, well, here's the text. It says, fuck you on um, blocking your number. Go choke on Sandoval's dirty ass dick somewhere. And then he's like, oh, Jesus. Um, for the record, I've never choked on Sandoval's dirty ass dick. And that I took that to mean, and I was really nice of him to say, but I took that to mean is that Sandoval is not, um, he's not girthy and he doesn't have length on his penis. Uh, not enough for Schwartz to choke on it. That's what I, how I took that on it. He's like, on, oh, it was never dirty. I made him wash it in a basin. Um, so yeah, he does not, I do not choke on his dirty ass dick at all, dude. So take that Ariana. Anyways, Ariana's like, I don't see a friendship there for me. And she's like, well, are you going to go to Tom, Tom, Ariana? And, uh, what if they're there? 
And, you know, she's like, well, you know, I'll just go into the bathroom stall then, you know, I'll, I'll take a shit. <laughs> and then she smiles e- evilly. <laughs> what? What? That's the scene with Ariana. We just see her in a bathroom taking a dump. And I'm like, what a hero. What a brave person to show taking a dump on national TV. We go to commercial and we see a look at the Valley with Jax Taylor. The Valley with Jackson Britt. Oh, uh, this will be premiering in March. Um, and it's going to be like Beverly Hills. Well, they'll have a scene and then it's going to go right into Vanderpump Rules, but it'll have a scene in Vanderpump Rules with Jax and Sandoval. They'll go into the Valley and it'll start an episode of The Valley with Jax Taylor. So, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to that. So we pick back up and uh, everybody's getting ready for the big Tom uh, Tom. You know, DJ James Kennedy's like, Ali, Ali, Dali, look at me in these glasses I'm going to wear for tonight. That's yours. And then we go over to Lala's apartment and her and Sheena are talking about contouring their face. And, you know, just two girls putting, talking contouring, talking about bone structure. Lala says she has none. She has a rounder face. She's like, I've got to create what people call the Ozempic look. You know how many? And then she was like, you know how many people have asked me if I take Ozempic? I'm like, no, it's called Sandoval. It's called Scandoval, which that would be amazing. Like if we just start accusing people of being on Scandoval. Oh, my God. She totally takes Scandoval. You know, she does. Now we jet on over to Tom and Ariana's house. We're in the bunker that is Ariana's bedroom. We see shoes all lining the floor. She is FaceTiming Dan, her new boyfriend. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just relaxing before I go work out. Like, dude, if that, if like, if you ever hear me go, I'm just relaxing before I go, go work out, just know that I'm not going to work out. I will stay relaxing. Like there's, by the way, and if I know there's a workout in my future, there's no possibility that I'll ever be relaxed. That's why, you know, this guy loves working out because like he, yeah, he's like, yeah, I can go relax on a dime and then just go work out. Anyway, she's like, I'm nervous about going to Tom Tom tonight. You know, he's like, why are you nervous? Thank God he doesn't go. Why are you nervous, Bubba? She's like, well, I haven't been there since like that night that all of this transpired at the Tom Sandoval and the most extras concert. We flash back to that March 1st, 2023. We're almost a month out from the one year anniversary. And she's like, part of me was like, should I go? And then I was like, no, if I don't go, then it's like, uh, you know, that all that shit wins. I shouldn't have to make my life smaller because Tom messed everything up. She says, and, and, Guys, pay attention to this shit. That's that's exactly what we need to be remembering. She shouldn't be having to make her life smaller because of something that Tom Sandoval did. And I was like, I just I was taking a break to rest my voice a second ago, and I went on Facebook, which is a big mistake. All these fucking Facebook groups, there's such like internal misogyny in there in terms of just like, did you see Ariana stand up on a table and dance at Tom Tom? Like, what the fuck? You don't think she was like, I'm standing like, you know, these people are encouraged to have a good time, cut loose, all this shit. Like anything Ariana does now is like, oh, God, she's just disgusting. It's like, dude. She didn't, I I just, I don't, I don't know if I will ever be able to understand that, that, that way of thinking. Anyway, she's like, yeah, I can go there and make new memories there. I can go and do that. Folks. Hey, it's Ryan. This is the end of part one of so bad. It's good. Vanderpump rules. Uh, just click on over. Part two is there for you where we end, uh, the recap of episode one and we do a full recap of Sandoval and Schwartz on Nick Vile's podcast, The Vile Files. So click on over to part two right now and thank you so much for listening. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. 
guest booking by Ali Friedlander, video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey at gmail.com and follow the show at sobaditsgoodwithryanbailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash sobaditsgood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.